You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good, everybody. Welcome to The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. He is RJ Ochoa. RJ, what is going on on this fine Thursday? How goes it, Stats? Uh, great to be with you. I'm super excited. I have a coffee uh, because it is the morning time. Uh, twice this week, I have messed up my own coffee. Uh, pretty unusual set of circumstances for me. One time, I started the show. It was Monday Football Monday, and I had forgotten to put cream. But because the show was on, I had to power through. It was disgusting. Uh, another <laughs> Thank time, you for your I had, service. Right. Uh, another time this week, I had started a different show over at Belong of the Boys. And I had put cream in, but I had forgotten to stir it. Um, and I did not realize that until about halfway in. Um, so, like, the first half, I thought, like, oh, man, I forgot to put cream in again, like I did earlier in the week. And then I got to, like, the last few sips, and it was it was almost like I took every candy in the world and injected it into my mouth um, at the same time. Uh, so, it was very, very uh, surreal. Uh, but I'm here, I'm shaken, I'm stirred, and I'm great to be with you. You figured it out, finally. Congratulations, you can make your own coffee. But that actually fits in perfectly with what we want to talk about today, because a team that, for most of my lifetime had shot itself in the foot, seems to be getting it together. And, of course, I'm talking about the Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to get into all of that with Derek Carr's new contract and everything you need to know. But before we do, we want to remind you that the SB Nation NFL show is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. All right, RJ. Derek Carr just got the bag. So we need to talk about this and we need to talk about it with someone that knows a lot more about the situation than we do. So we are very pleased and privileged to bring on the great Bill Williamson from Silver and Black Pride. Bill, you have been covering the NFL for a quarter century. Thank you for making some time for us this morning. Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me. No uh, beverage catastrophes here, so I don't have much to add. Wow. Just rub it in our faces, Bill. You're better than all of us. Respect. Yes. It turns out Bill knows how to make a cup of coffee. Imagine uh, that. Where right, like, a cup of water, man. I'm boring. Oh, a cup of water? Come on. You, don't you need a little caffeine in the morning? I really don't, but it's, I might fall asleep here in a minute, so better get going. I don't want to <laughs> sabotage my own take. <laughs> all right. Let's dive into it right now. You Like I said, you've been covering the NFL for a while, and I always say, don't pay attention to what teams say. Pay attention to what they do. So everybody sees the news of this Derek Carr contract. Oh, it's so great that he's going to be their guy. But when you dive into the details, you can see that the Raiders can get out of this thing after year one, year two, and year three. So I put it to you. You cover the team. You know better than I do. What did we learn from this Derek Carr contract? Well, I, I, we learned a few things that, I mean, the, the team realizes that he needed to be taken care of a little bit, and he did get taken care of a little bit. 
Um, I think he's a really loyal guy. And, you know, a couple of years ago, he said something that sounded really silly when he said, you know, I probably, if I get traded, I probably just quit. Um, but if you look, I think he's really laser focused on wanting to be a Raider for the rest of his career. You know, he got his best friend from college, uh, Devonte Adams, of course, there. So I think he's really focused on just being a Raider. And I think the Raiders, I know I, a lot's been made in the last 24 hours of the, hey, the Raider could still get out of it, but they don't want to, you know? I mean, they they gave him this deal and they, they've committed to him somewhat till he's going to be 35 years old. That's four more seasons. What's Josh McDaniels looking at if he screws up and it doesn't, and it doesn't take off probably three, four years. Right. So Josh McDaniels is saying, I can do it with this guy. I, I can, I can get us a deep playoff run. I can maybe win a Super Bowl with Adams and Chandler and, and, and Crosby just extended for virtually that same time. Now this is going to be my, my quarterback. So I wouldn't so much look at the Raiders can parachute out of this deal I think there, it's more of a commitment to Carr than people realize it is. Because McDaniel's thinks he can win with them, or if he didn't, he would have got out. He would have traded him this offseason. Bill, I, I think everything from a football standpoint makes sense. I do think that people have kind of come around to the idea of, of Derek Carr. I think he's kind of survived the you know the Twitterness of the world and people like taking their shots. And I think everybody's just accepting um, he's he's done what Kirk Cousins has yet to do, and and kind of earned a seal of approval from a large part of football fans all over the world. Um, but I do think that we overlook, um, not that this matters on the field, but like Derek Carr's value, like to the franchise. I, I feel like, you know, we, we spend so much time trying to find other would-be superstars, other would-be players to put on the media guide, so to speak. But Derek Carr has kind of been that dude. And you mentioned it. He, he talked about it. There was, you know, he said he would rather play golf as opposed to, you know, play anywhere else. And I don't, there's nobody really like that in the NFL. There's nobody that really embraces and fights for their team. Derek Carr is kind of old school in that way. It kind of marries with the disposition of the Raiders. Has he really been kind of like like that? I, I, I'm trying to think of, of the last like Raider, the most jersey-able like, like player whose jersey you could buy since Tim Brown. I mean, would it, would it not be Derek Carr? Has he not been the face of the franchise for at least the 21st century? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, Cleo Mack. You know, he he was Defensive Player of the Year in his third year. He was probably, you know, he was the last great player. Um, and he came in the same draft as, as Carr. Carr is a, a polarizing guy, though, you know. I had a poll last yesterday, are you happy with this deal? And I don't... I don't really think you can be unhappy with the deal if, if you're a Raider fan. So um, it's been 90% the whole poll. You know, we got 2000 thing and it's been 90% early and now it's still 90%. So people approve it. But still, I don't know if every Raider fan is in break, believes in Derek Carr. I think most do. But, I mean, he still has his, he still has his flaws. And another thing, he has a lousy offensive line. Um, so, and I, this may be, a, you know, saying, Hey, he needs good protection. Every quarterback needs good protection, right? Derek Carr, his game, he really needs, he's at his very best when he's getting great protection. Um, so, and, and he's a guy that if he gets hit, there's a good chance he's going to fumble the ball. He's a guy that has some accuracy issues. So there's still some things there. But, you know, he just got a coach who's a quarterback guru, a coach who's a great play caller, a coach that, you know, Mac Jones 
did pretty well right away. So he's a guy who has a coach who really believes that he can turn uh, quarterbacks into something. So there's no reason why he still can't improve, even though he just turned 31. So Derek Carr is probably, however you want to slice it, the ninth to 12th best quarterback in the league. That's hard to replace, right? But there's kind of a difference between number seven and number nine. So, but that's kind of where he is. Um, but they just gave him Devontae Adams. He has Darren Waller. He has uh, Hunter Renfro. He has Josh Jacobs. There's worse offensive weaponry in the league. I just saw a quote from Carr who said, the question of can I win a playoff game is ridiculous. Just because we haven't, just because we had one chance and lost in the last series of the game to the AFC championships, or AFC champions, yeah, I think we can. Derek Carr's been there since 2014. I put it to you, Bill. Is the question of can Derek Carr win a playoff game ridiculous? No, it, maybe if they don't do it this, this next year. This is time, guys. He has to get it done. If he doesn't get it done, there's no excuses. And he, there's been excuses in the past, and you know we can go through them if you want. But it's been eight years. He hasn't won a playoff game. He's played in one playoff game, and that sucks for him because in his third year, which was his best year, he was a, a legit MVP candidate. You know, he breaks his leg on Christmas Eve, and and, and that's terrible. And the Raiders had no chance. As soon he, they were awful from the moment he got hurt. So that sucks for him. But, you know, he wasn't great. If you look at those last four plays against Cincinnati, he was not great. It was four for nine, you know, last play of the game, and he throws it to the three in double coverage. So he does have some things to prove, you know, and, and, and that's some of the reason why some people don't question him. But, again, he just got Devontae Adams. He just got the best receiver in the league. So he's being set. He just got the team committing to him. So if he doesn't win a playoff game this year, it's a fair question if they don't do it. Bill, um, hearing you describe Carr, and, and I think we all kind of know these things, but it certainly helps to have your your focus. Um and we all tend to look at things, I think, through the prism of the teams that we cover. Um, obviously, it's my job to make everything about the Dallas Cowboys. And it feels so similar to when Tony Romo got his contract extension in 2013. There were so many people that were upset with it. And you were, you're right. Like the, the description of he's somewhere between the ninth and 12th best quarterback on any given moment with a ceiling of being like the fifth, fourth, whatever. And we saw that culminate for Romo in 2014 when everything kind of came together. The offensive line finally assimilated. And, you know, that team arguably should have gone on and won the Super Bowl because Des caught it and whatnot. And I think looking back on that, you know, Dak Prescott was drafted, and so that's its own thing. But I think I regard that that contract as a success. You know, Romo became a greater quarterback than he already had been. What's the barometer for success for Derek Carr, for, for this contract? I mean, is it a playoff win? Because the Cowboys did get that. I mean, like, like is that the, the floor? Is it is it an MVP caliber season? Is it, you know, franchise records? Like, what, what, what constitutes a success for this contract, for this franchise, for this quarterback? Right now, for the for the life of his contract and the life of Devontae Adams' contract, and for what Matthew Stafford just did, a guy who's been compared to Derek Carr, I think it's a Super Bowl. I'm sorry, but I think it's a Super Bowl. If, if they don't win, th th these this wasn't done to be cute. This wasn't this wasn't done to take hot, uh, headlines away from Russell Wilson and Khalil Mack. This was done to to keep up with those teams, and I think it's. I think it's Super Bowl 
in this three-year window. I really do. You know, the Raiders have handed out this offseason over $400 million between the car deal, the Crosby deal, uh, Chandler Jones. Have we sort of gotten past that, like, bad old days era with the Raiders? Because for most of my life, they've kind of been a joke of a franchise. And now it seems like, hey, look, they've turned it around. Mark Davis is spending money, and they're making a run at this thing. I think Las Vegas changes everything. And, you know... When it first happened, when the Raiders made it, this is uh, the con, you know, the deal to go to Las Vegas. I think it was 2017. You know, it's the Oakland Raiders, and you got to be very sensitive to the fans because a lot of those fans just suffered a second loss to, of their franchise. But I'm sa- telling them, hey, when the sting goes away, when you still a Raider fan, and they all are still Raider fans, this is a good thing for the franchise. Because the stadium's a dump. The, the the facility a couple miles away from the stadium is a dump. Now they got state-of-the-art stuff. And the Raiders never had that. And um, they're, as RJ knows, as you know, Rob, too, if you got a good stadium and you got a, a, a solid franchise, you got a chance to be good all the time. You know, you're not necessarily going to be good at all, all the time. But if you look, there's certain franchise that – are, are looked at with their history and their class and, and and their facilities. And they're usually the franchise that stay good. And the Raiders are now in that class. They have that opportunity to stay good. So that changes everything. You know, Mark Davis is always considered the the uh, 32nd richest NFL owner. And, you know, the, the Forbes valuations always have the Raiders at the very bottom of the NFL and at the close to the bottom of most sports teams, which is inexcusable for an NFL team. Um, now it's changing. Now you can see it already, and it's only been two years. So I think Las Vegas changes everything for this franchise. Well, Bill, I'll tell you, as the team that's always at the top of Forbes's list, it means nothing, <laughs> and it's all, it's only upsetting. Uh, tell that to Jerry. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, the the brand new partners with the cryptocurrency company. Uh, my last one for you, Bill, uh, and and you've touched on it a lot is the Devonte Adams factor of all this. I I can't imagine that any Raiders fan was surprised. Like this this felt really obvious. Like the shoe that was ultimately going to drop as soon as the franchise traded for Devonte, just because of of the connection, the relationship, the stability that would now be required, et cetera, et cetera. Um, do you think that not? I don't think anybody feels like the Raiders got you know a, a bad deal done here. Like I think everybody feels like the Raiders kind of won. If if you have to pick a winner between the team and the quarterback but do you feel like and maybe it makes it more impressive that the team was kind of negotiating against inevitability that they kind of showed their hand by trading for Devontae Adams that it, it was apparently obvious that they were going to bring back Derek Carr in some way shape or form yeah see I I had a hard time yesterday going oh my god this is stunning news you know it, it was it, it was going to happen. And that was part of the Devontae Adams story. I mean, there's no way it was going to happen, you know? Um, so I, the, the thing I, I think it's interesting is, you know, I covered, I covered the AFC West when Josh McDaniels got hired in Denver and he made his big move was that he pissed off uh, Jay Cutler right away, trying to trade for Matt Castle. And it's Jay Cutler never even practiced for him. <laughs> and he traded his away his quarterback. And he traded away the quarterback that the team hired McDaniels to coach. You, Jay Cutler doesn't have a great legacy. But at that time, Jay Cutler was a 25-year-old yep. legit Pro Bowl quarterback. And Shanahan was really bummed that he didn't get a chance to coach him more. So 
he screwed that up, McDaniel's. He didn't screw this up. And and he got and he got Carr his dream player. And four years ago, John Gruden's first move in Oakland was to take away Derek Carr's best friend and Khalil Mack. So And Amari. Yeah, a year later. So in a lot of ways, Josh McDaniels is really catering to this quarterback. So I don't think there's I, I think Josh McDaniels truly want one of the reasons why he wanted this job was because Derek Carr was there. Bill Williamson covers the Raiders for us at SB Nation. Go to silverandblackpride.com now that has this car story covered from every possible angle. You can follow him on Twitter at B Williamson NFL. Bill, thank you very much for the time. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Anytime. All right, RJ, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, he touched on something there I want to dive into further about how Las Vegas has changed things for the Raiders, how they have gone from kind of an also ran to now a contender in the league. So when we come back, we're going to look at the Raiders and we're going to look at some other teams that maybe are following the same path. Back here on the SB Nation NFL show. All right, RJ, the Raiders, happy days. Everybody, everything's great in Vegas right Wait, now. Wait, on the to... subject on the subject of that stats, I have to ask you something because I don't get oh. a chance to ask this question a lot. Okay. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. Saturday, what a day. Waiting all week for you. These days are ours. What's the next line in the song? These days are ours. These happy days? No. I don't know what it is, but like I'm, I'm a firm believer that nobody knows the song past that. Like, <laughs> like and there's, there's one more song. Just like while we're on this tangent, you know the song "Always Be My Baby" by Mariah Carey. Yeah. Okay, you'll always be a part of me. I'm part of you indefinitely. Boy, don't you know you can't escape me? Ooh, darling, because you'll always be my baby, right? And mm-hmm. we'll linger on. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. You're 100 <laughs> right. A, but like everybody knows that, but nobody yep. knows what comes on, what comes after that. It's amazing. Yeah, I totally, it's weird how songs are like that. And you just kind of like make the sounds until you get back to a part that you know again. Exactly, exactly. But like, that's one of those, like, nobody knows anything. Those are the two songs that I identify that experience the most. But continue, uh, Happy Days in Vegas. Happy Days theme song. That's topical. That's weird. (laughs) I don't get a chance to shoehorn that in. So I I took it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Understandable. I'm glad you've been keeping that in your back pocket. Yeah. Uh, So the Raiders have gone from this team that was a joke. They had a joke owner with a joke of a haircut who didn't do anything right forever. And now all of a sudden, like I said, they spend over 400 million. They're right in the thick of it in the AFC. Are there other teams that you have seen lately that have gone from kind of also rands to now like legitimate threat legitimate contender well uh peek behind the curtain you suggested some and i don't want to steal your thunder um so i'll let you take those i have one that is painful to admit um oh boy look they so there are like blue blood nfl franchises right i would i would posit that the dallas cowboys are one of these franchises the Pittsburgh steelers the new york giants i would not put the san francisco 49ers there like there are these kind of like cornerstone absolutely would well, you're wrong. Um, but, you know, like Cornerstone, like around from the beginning of time that everyone associates, you know, with the beginning of time. Um, I understand like the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, I'd put them up there. Um, I, I understand that they have a rich history or a longstanding history at the very least. But, you know, I would not put the Philadelphia Eagles there. Like they're just, you know, they're, they're kind Correct. of on the outskirts of that. Um, and I think that the last, you know, 
I know the Super Bowl winning season was five years ago at this point, which is crazy just how fast time flies. But I think the post-Chip Kelly era has really smiled on the franchise. I th- and obviously that's Doug Peterson and then immediately the Super Bowl win. But like, I, like that Super Bowl win vaulted them through the like football world. Like so many people like now regard them highly from how they incorporate and utilize analytics. Like they're one of the more forward thinking front offices in the NFL. They really experienced quite the shine and lift up after winning the Super Bowl. There are certain teams when I think of it's like, ah, they're they're not winning a Super Bowl. They're just the Eagles. They're just the I don't know. You just right. get a feeling like like the Browns or the yeah, Lions. And, and you you can't cross that line until you just cross it. That's right. It. Mm-hmm. And until the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I never believed it's like, oh, this is a perfect situation, right? Yeah, the Eagles got to the Super Bowl. Great. They're playing the Patriots. Patriots are gonna win because that's just what happens. And then all of a sudden, bam, they win the Super Bowl. And it like it t- I have to click something in my head like hey this actually happened this actually occurred um and yeah i i, I think that's what makes that that's what makes like uh like championships between two teams like that so much fun and interesting like um when the cubs played cleveland in the world series it's like i, I realize again they both had rich histories but for like an entire lifetime of people that yep. had never been the case so like one of them is going to like cross that threshold last year's nba finals right you've got the suns and the bucks so like these teams that are like never ever ever in the mix and like that's what's so cool when you get to like again whether it's the title game or the final four and you're like one of these teams is going to become like going to enter the coveted historic like super illustrious club I felt like that last year in the Super Bowl. Like, are the mm. Bengals, the Bengals really, they're going to win the Super Bowl? Like, even getting to the Super Bowl kind of, like, it, it was a stunner to me. And so, like, I just had this feeling during the game, like, are they really going to win? Are, are the Bengals going to be Super Bowl champions? Like, when you see that helmet, you don't associate that with winning, right? You associate that with, like, where people go to die. Carson Palmer was like, I would rather retire than play another <laughs> second for this dumpster fire of a franchise and yet there they were last year right there you mentioned the helmet i think a great like way to evaluate this is like can you if you close your eyes can you see championship merchandise with that logo on it (laughs) you you know what i mean like i can't see like a super bowl winning cap with like the like a browns helmet to this point you know what i mean like it's it's lame um but there are teams who have like crossed that threshold like the eagles that you know, for our whole lives, like you mentioned with Bill and the Raiders, we thought like that's impossible, but now they live here. I think the Eagles are one of them. I think so too. Uh, if I want to go in the AFC and pick one, it's obvious, but the Kansas City Chiefs are like the perfect example of this because it's not like the Kansas City Chiefs were a bad team before Patrick Mahomes got there. When with Trent Green and Tony Gonzalez, like they were a good team. Trent Green Priest was Holmes, for- Larry yeah. Johnson, yeah. But they were never like a legitimate, like, oh my God, this, like, they're going to win the Super Bowl. They were always just a team that was good, but that's all they were going to be. They were going to get to the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game, and that's it. And then now all of a sudden they get Andy Reid, which I, people, you know, don't discount that. Like, it's not all Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid is a massive, massive part of this, but they get Andy Reid, and all of a sudden now it's like AFC championship game. Every year, you can just expect it. Like Andy Reid has been there since 2013. He's only missed the playoffs one time, and he went nine and seven that year. They lost the wild card game, missed the playoffs, lost in the divisional, divisional, lost in the wild card, AFC championship game, won the Super Bowl, lost the Super Bowl, AFC championship game. Like that is vaulting them to a new stratosphere. Well, and that's, I mean, to stick with the two teams we mentioned here, what he did with Philly, right? When he went to five straight NFC championship games, went to one Super Bowl, lost it. Like, I mean, 
to your point about why, you know, Andy Reid deserves credit, like it's clear that he has done this now with two different teams, two different franchises, two different conferences, uh, which is really impressive. I think that there is a sector that like there's the like bottom dwellers, right? That like teams that like <laughs> we're not even going to consider, right? Like I think I would put like the Lions and the Browns in there, right? Like it's impossible yep. to even like consider them. But then there's like one step above them, which is like, okay, you perennial losers, but like if you want it a switch would flip like and I think that's the category that the Chiefs and Eagles were in you know what I mean uh, because they like those teams have had you know superstar players like we mentioned some of the Chiefs I, we didn't even mention Jamal Charles I feel like we forget that that career ever happened um, <laughs> right. right but like like I would put the Cardinals in the like you know maybe category whatever like they're somewhat relevant uh but they're not quite the lions which speaks again to how embarrassing their loss to them was last season um <laughs> they've had some like levels of success they went to a super bowl but like everything like man i i roast the colts a lot the cardinals are such a joke to me like i i we we, we talk about this a lot like i think the cardinals have the lamest ring of honor in the nfl like they, they are actually like among the very oldest teams in the nfl and everything they do is like credit for everybody else's success like carson palmer um bruce you know, bruce arians i guess what, what'd, you, what'd you say kurt warner kurt yeah exactly it's like all their great players actually had better careers elsewhere you know what i mean like it's so stupid <laughs> yeah that's one way to like check a franchise's greatness just look at like the greatest players in history and you you can you're talking about blue bloods before that's a pretty good way to figure out who's a blue blood and who's not um can i can i flip it on you now because i think that a team that you put in the Blue Bloods has gone from that category and now has descended into the also-ran category. And I'm oh, looking right at you, big boy, at your Dallas Cowboys. Oh, I actually thought, I, and I think you'll agree, I think the true answer to that is the Washington Commanders. Like, they are an actual, like, NFL Blue Blood. That, But they, like... They have descended in a very unique and specific way. For a different way. reason, yeah. Right. Well, and they have failed on the field. Like, it's not just their football failures, but my point is, like, if anyone has completely, like, exited the club, it's they have been thrown <laughs> out and then, like, you know, like, driven away. Like, the Cowboys are maybe outside the club, like, sad now, but they're still, like, at least on the properties, all I'm saying. They, they have a chance to get back in, whereas the commanders right. are just sitting at home like it's over for them. But I, I think your Cowboys are there, RJ. You know, you talk about how they exist now only for leverage. I kind of think like they were blue bloods. But every time the Cowboys get in the playoffs, I feel like the prevailing feeling is, ah, they'll blow it. They're going to lose. Like no one's thinking Cowboys Super Bowl run. I was thinking about this recently. There are teams that like you're scared of. Right. Like you don't have a problem admitting that. Right? Like you're, you were scared of Russell Wilson Seahawks, right? It's like, oh, we got to play them in the regular season finale yep. on Sunday night football. This sucks, right? Like it's a really terrifying proposition. Who is scared of the Cowboys? I would love to know. Like who, who is like, oh man, we got to go to AT&T stadium. Like, no, I wasn't, it's, I it's wasn't a party. It's, it's a, it's a party for people. And you know, if you lose, okay, whatever. But like, if you win, man, it, it is the risk worth taking. Because if you win there, like, think about the moment that, you know, that Jimmy Garoppolo had, right? Like, laughing and waving and, like, like how many – there were the – so like, this is stupid, but there are all the running jokes about, like, you know, I remember uh, early in AT&T Stadium's existence, they hosted the Final Four, and so UConn won it that year. And so they, they won, obviously, the, the game before the championship which, in the Final Four and then the title game. So they won two, like, playoff games effectively. So it's like, they've won more playoff games in AT&T Stadium than and the Cowboys have. Cowboys. Like, <laughs> and so, like that, like, that just happens all the time. Like, it's, it's just – that's who they are. I mean, they're 
you know, they're here for the show. Like, it's, buy your tickets. Like, it will always be a show. I, I say this all the time. What what makes the Cowboys who they are is they will never, barring a catastrophe, bottom out. Like, in, in, the, in recent history, they have bottomed out twice. Three times if you count since 2010. And all three instances were because their franchise quarterback got hurt. That will derail any season. But mm-hmm. other than that, when you're doing your Christmas shopping, they are relevant. They are relevant. They are dramatic. There are storylines surrounding them. And they are going to be on your television. And they are going to deliver some sort of spectacular drama. That like Think about the way the – like we, we forget the way the playoff game ended. Like It was so like embarrassing and just <laughs> – <laughs> unbelievable like i st- i don't think about it enough because it bothers me and then they whined and complained and blamed the refs afterwards like it is a soap opera that's who they are they are days of our lives there are great television shows that have come along in the time that days of our lives has been on television breaking bad game of thrones the wire you know like i haven't seen all of these but they're all phenomenal those are the like nfl versions of the packers and the patriots and the i don't know the now chiefs right like whatever but like the cowboys are days of our lives always on ratings always good there's a sector people that always watch and but they'll never be the top rated show on television i wouldn't say that i would say they'll never be the highest quality show on television like they'll never win golden globes or emmys or things like that i actually want to throw another team into this category and i think you mentioned it and you tell me if i'm being fair or not i think that the green bay packers belong in the same category because even though Aaron Rodgers is great and they've had a ton of success, you go back. I mean, he has a Super Bowl to his credit. I'm not taking that away from him. But other than that, RJ, he has been, would you agree, disappointing in the playoffs? I used to say this for a long time and people would get upset. Um, I think his playoff like record, I know we've talked about this, is somewhat overrated. Um, and if you allow me, I'm going to pull it up so that I don't like uh, completely uh, mess this up. But <laughs> his his wins are really and like you know you're somebody who's like wins do matter, blah blah, and they do. But I mean, they're not the like end all be all. But the teams that he has beaten in the playoffs are like largely unimpressive when you really think about it. So uh, his first season as the starter um, was obviously the 2000 and. Uh, seven season excuse me 2008 season and they missed the playoffs so no big deal whatever um 2009 they lost to the cardinals that was the crazy uh kurt warner like we mentioned him game like whatever 2010 they won the super bowl to your point like you can't poke any holes in that awesome whatever 2011 they lost as a 15 and one team he won mvp they lost to eli manning's new york giants okay that's a 2011 mvp season at home, right? At home in the divisional round. Like, and that's in where the, the Cowboys. Cold in the snow. This gets annoying as a Cowboys fan. But, like, when the Cowboys loses the one seed, then we have to deal with the graphic forever. That's like, all of these one seeds have gone to the Super Bowl, blah, blah. The Packers lost. They've lost as the one seed several times now in their first <laughs> playoff game. Uh, but whatever. Anyway, so uh, 2011, they lose at their first playoff game. They're back. 2012, he won a playoff game before losing to Colin Kaepernick's 49ers. I know you remember that well. Do you remember the quarterback that he beat before that game uh, at San Francisco? Uh, they played Minnesota. Was it Case Keenum? It was not. You're way too early on Case okay, Keenum's sorry. It, that was Adrian Peterson's 2,000-yard season. Oh, was recall. that Tavares Jackson? You're still wrong. Um, it was Christian Ponder. Oh, my That was God. the quarterback <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers beat uh, in 2012. But then he loses to San Francisco. Then in 2013, they were the two-seed. 
um, and they uh, they lost to San Francisco at home. Remember at that home. was the Colin Kaepernick didn't remember his, his sleeve, his tattoo sleeves, whatever. Didn't wear the actual sleeves, whatever. That's 2013. 2014. Okay, they beat the Cowboys in the game I mentioned with Bill, the Des caught it game, which is at the very least arguable. Like you can debate that they shouldn't have won that game, yep. but they won it, whatever. Then they lost in the NFC Championship game when Mike McCarthy orchestrated a total and complete and absolute utter disaster. So to this point. His outside of the Super Bowl winning season, his only wins have come against Christian Ponders, Minnesota Vikings, and Tony Romo's Cowboys, who arguably should have won that game. We move on one more season, 2015. They beat. Do you know who they they beat before they lost the overtime game to Bruce Arians' Cardinals? They beat the Washington football team. They did. So they beat Kirk Cousins' Washington football team, who nobody really like ever likes to give credit to. Okay, so now we're back. The next season in 2016, they before they lost to the um, – I'm sorry. They missed the playoffs. No, 2016. I'm, I'm off. They beat the Cowboys, led by a rookie quarterback in Dak Prescott, and won because Aaron pulled off some amazing heroics at the very end, um, and then lost in the NFC Championship game to the Atlanta Falcons. Not just lost got destroyed by the Atlanta Falcons. 44 to 21. Right. So I'm actually wrong, by the way. They did win one game uh, before beating the Cowboys. This is why I pulled this up. They beat the Giants. Woo! Cool. (laughs) Cool. So, like, almost, like, Again, excluding the Super Bowl winning season, a majority of playoff wins for Aaron Rodgers have come against the NFC East, the people love to trash. Uh, 2020, everybody remembers they beat the Rams, obviously before losing to the Buccaneers. I forgot 2019, they did beat the Seahawks, which were a shell of themselves before losing the NFC Championship game, you'll recall. And then this past season, losing... Right, and that now losing to the 49ers this past season. So they like it is not an impressive list of games that like they have won again outside of the Super Bowl winning season. He he won a Super Bowl again, not taking credit, and he beat the Steelers in that Super Bowl. Which congratulations, that's awesome. Beat a Hall of Fame quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. He gets credit for that. But the overall playoff picture for the Packers, to me, like you talk about fearing the Packers. I don't fear the Packers in the playoffs, and maybe because I'm a Niner fan and they're 4-0 against him in the playoffs, so maybe I'm biased. But, like, if you tell me the Niners have the Packers in the playoffs this year, I'm like, bring it on. I'm not yeah. scared of that at all. I think what makes them, like, the their blue-bloodness, like, feel even more, like, lame is how, like, hokey they try to be about it. Like, the bicycle tradition and stuff like that. They, they, they love to, like... You know, highlight how, you know, original and simple their franchise is, you know, and some of the stuff is cool. Like, I I think it's awesome that the seamstress woman still like stitches on all the jerseys and things like that. But it's like you don't have to live in 1987 anymore. You know, (laughs) like there, there are things like just because you've done it this way forever doesn't mean you have to continue to do it this way. Right. I mean, and think about this. You have over your last two quarterbacks. What is it? A combined seven or eight MVPs. And we're talking now like 30 years of quarterback play and you have just two Super Bowls. Yeah, I'm sorry. You kind of go into the also ran category. Maybe that's unfair of me, but that's that those are the facts and they are not in dispute. I'm sure any Packers fan probably under the age of 40. um, Would side with Rodgers over Favre, right? If they had to choose like a favorite, but Favre at least made it to another. Right, like, like, like Favre made it, and he lost to an all-time quarterback. You know what I mean? Like Rodgers has lost, like Rodgers has lost his playoff games to like losers. You know what I mean? Like he lost to Jimmy Garoppolo. He lost to Eli Manning. <laughs> like you know, like he has lost to absolute duds. He's whereas, lost to Garoppolo multiple times. 
that's true. I mean, he has he has also lost to great quarterbacks like Matt Ryan, you know, like Russell Wilson, but he has lost to losers, and that is not the case for Brett Favre's biggest playoff games. And some of those playoff games, I want to be fair, he's had some heroic performances. The, the playoff game they lost to the Cardinals where Rodgers right. completes two Hail Marys on the final drive. Unbelievable. Made the single best throw I have ever seen on the Hail Mary touchdown pass in that game where he is rolling one direction, can't even stop, and just like jump throws it 50 yards down the field. Perfect placement in the end zone for a touchdown. It's the most incredible throw I've ever seen. Played great in that game. But agreed. I mean, and, and and played great in the NFC title game. They lost to Seattle. I mean, you know, like that was that was a total team collapse, right? That they had. It wasn't just Aaron. He he deserves responsibility, but it was a total and absolute. Like they're one of like what is it like eight things that if they go the other way, the yep. Packers win that game. So I mean, yeah, whatever. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of The Look Ahead. Again, we remind you, please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. And this is the perfect time to do it because we are going to have a ton of draft coverage for you. We are going to have a live show Thursday night on the SB Nation NFL Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube pages. Plus, we're going to have Twitter spaces for you with guests from our individual team communities here at SB Nation. Your team makes a pick. You want to ask somebody something, learn about the people. It's going to be the perfect opportunity for you to come and interact with us. It is going to be fantastic. You have questions, you can leave them in your rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, everybody. Again, we really do appreciate it. RJ, I hope you have a fantastic, fantastic weekend. And now you are signaling me. What is it that you want to say? I just... I. I want everybody to know that Stats thought it was a good decision to pull Clayton Kershaw from the perfect game. I want everybody to know that Stats agreed with that. I was fine with it. It didn't bother me. Didn't bother me. Who cares if if Clayton Kershaw throws a really good game in April? Everybody cares, Stats. Everybody. No, I don't think so. How many perfect games have there been in Major League Baseball history? He's on Twitter at Stats on Fire. Tweet at him why he's wrong. How many perfect games have there been in Major League Baseball history? 23. Is that true? That's true. That was like a big talking point around the moment. I'm surprised that you actually remembered that. Who threw the last one? I don't know. But of course like, not, because nobody really cares. We but nobody has ever it. seen like like, like uh, I wouldn't say that's true, but like like the like that's one of those. There's so few things that like can like basically never happen, right? Like like what what is in that territory, like that that could never happen that you that you would never think that you would ever see there's like a like it's a handful it's literally less than five things right but at the same time kershaw's 34 years old he's missed time recently kershaw himself said after the game loser massive loser energy mle like massive loser energy just huge 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 this is like this is just like the nfl overtime right we wanted the story we wanted to be able to watch Clay yes. Kershaw see so if he could pitch a perfect game. That that is totally true. And and the difference between this and that is the story doesn't matter in an overtime game, right? Like where it's like the consequences or whatever. This is like this is this, this is April. You know, it's one, it's two more innings. You know what I mean? Like go for it. You know what I mean? Like th- this is this is like equivalent to uh, there is no equivalent. Like just let him do it. Like it's such a small thing. Like you're, you're quit being a loser. Just do it. The Dodgers are losers forever for this. At least they in just this won a World Series like two years ago. Yeah, it was a bubble title. It doesn't really count like the Lakers <laughs> title. Those don't count to me. And they are losers for the foreseeable future. I, 
you know what? Two last things. I throw the Dodgers in the pit of misery. Whoa. Oh, yeah. They belong there. And I have a petition. I think um, the LVP uh, on the podcast should be named after me. Like, because I get it so often. I have no issues if you guys want to hand out the Argy Ochoa LVP to different people. So, so first of all, you overreaching by <laughs> using our segment on the podcast to throw a team that's not even in the sport that we cover. Into it doesn't the matter. They deserve it that much that we have to cross over this way. So look, look, stats. We have our differences. You, me, the podcast, Monday Football Monday. But in the name of all that makes sense, we have to come together and fight the Dodgers on this decision. I'll allow it. Enjoy your Thursday, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. All right.